Welcome to another episode of Search News You Can Use with me, Dr. Marie Haynes. This episode is a few days later than I would like to have published, and that's because I'm currently in Brazil. Uh, internet is not so good here, so it's taken me a while to uh, be able to upload uh, these, this episode and get it all sorted out. Um, so right now I'm in Florianopolis, which is a little island off the south of Brazil, and what a great experience. I just spoke at the RD Summit in Brazil, an incredible, incredible conference. There was somewhere between 12,000 and 15,000 people here, probably the biggest conference that I've been at. Um, I spoke on Google's Quality Raters guidelines and uh, I think it went really well. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, the people here in Brazil are so friendly. I mentioned in my talk that I know two words in Portuguese. So one is obrigada, which means thank you. And the second is banheiro, which means bathroom. <laughs> and uh, it was funny. There was a gentleman who I kept running into. I ran into him in the mall and in some other places. And every time he'd see me, he'd say, banheiro, banheiro. So um, it's been really challenging traveling in a, a location where very few people speak English. Uh, but I've thoroughly enjoyed my time here. So let's get on to what you need to know in terms of what Google has been doing lately um, and other SEO news. There have been some significant algorithm updates. October 31st of 2018 was a date in which a lot of sites saw some kind of movement. It seems to be connected to the big algorithm updates that we saw happen on August 1st and also September 27th. Uh, a lot of the sites that we had in our profiles uh, that saw movement also were uh, seeing significant movement on those dates. We're seeing, uh, we still have a, a fair sized waiting list for people who are waiting for site reviews from us. And a lot of the sites that are on the waiting list for site reviews because they saw drops on August 1st or September 27th saw a further drop with this October 31st update. So I think that, uh, you know, my opinion is that this update, uh, these updates ever since August 1st have been all about Google's ability to assess trust in the search uh, in a website. And uh, so I really think this October 31st update is, uh, is connected as well. I couldn't really find a pattern. I wouldn't say that it was just medical sites that were affected. Um, you know, all of the sites seem to be ones that have something that we could point out as a trust issue. If you missed my article that I wrote on what those trust issues would be, uh, you can go to mariehaines.com slash trust, T-R-U-S-T, and uh, that'll bring you to my post on the September 27th algorithm update. Uh, and so if you were affected by any of these updates, you know, that's a good article for you to read. There also seems to be some update that happened around November 4th or 5th. Um, so, you know, just over a week ago or so. Uh, and again, uh, there were a lot of sites that, you know, had potential trust issues that were affected. Um, Thankfully, uh, we're seeing a couple of our clients are actually seeing some kind of a recovery. Uh, and, you know, whenever that happens with algorithm updates, the question is, is it something that they did uh, that led to the recovery? Or is it that maybe Google just tweaked the algorithm and whatever caused them to drop before has now been removed? Uh, in my newsletter, I've written about a really cool recovery story. And I really do think that this is not related to just an algorithm tweak, but rather uh, this site made some really significant changes. So the site in question is one that's in uh, the health, um, health and nutrition sort of area. 
and uh, they had us do a site quality report immediately after being very heavily hit with the August 1st update. And um, the things that they did, I mean, this, this team may have worked, must have worked extremely hard to implement our advice. So we gave them advice on how to improve their EAT. Uh, they had some stuff with ads that wasn't properly disclosed. Um, they improved page speed, which I'm not sure if that contributed to their recovery or not. Uh, they also disavowed a bunch of links. Now, I think that links can contribute to Google thinking that your site is lower quality. And there's always the question as to, well, you know, if that's true, then that means negative SEO can work. Uh, and I think really it's just one of many factors. So if you do have unnatural links, Links, which are essentially links that you've made just for SEO purposes. Uh, and this site had links that were made uh, under the guise of content marketing. Um, really, the site was uh, publishing articles on websites that people would actually read, uh, but they were publishing them just so they could get a link back to their site. And so they disavowed a large number of those links. Uh, and then they did a bunch of other things. They added a terms and conditions page, which is something that's in the quality raters guidelines as a sign of trust. Um, they actually managed to improve their reputation online. So when we did our review, we did a search for uh, their business name and reviews. And we could see that a lot of people had issues with this company. And so they, now I'm not sure if they went out and got a bunch of their happy customers to uh, give them good reviews or, or what, but they actually managed to improve their better, better business bureau rating um, and a bunch of other things too. So this is all outlined in my newsletter, mariehaines.com newsletter. And um, the site, now I've given a, a chart from SEMrush showing that the traffic has increased. Their actual analytics, which I, you know, I don't want to publish uh, my client's analytics without their permission, um, really, really showed uh, almost a complete recovery. And so this is really exciting. Um, so we're going to keep an eye on that and hopefully they continue to, to go up and up in terms of traffic. Um, so some people are noticing some declines in uh, some review sites, notably ripoffreport.com. If you're not familiar with Ripoff Report, it's just like it sounds. You can go there and you can file a complaint saying that you think you've been ripped off by a company. And uh, this site saw a significant drop with the October 31st update. And, uh, you know, I haven't looked into this in great detail, but it looks to me that, you know, that site itself has some trust issues. Uh, lots of people have complained about it. Their review profile is pretty negative. I may possibly be publishing an article um, soon that talks about why this site and others saw drops. Um, depends uh, on what my time frame is like. But uh, it's interesting to see that actually the Better Business Bureau saw drops as well. So I have a few thoughts on that. I'm going to keep you in suspense on that right now. But um, I do think it's all related to trust as well. I mean, as a a little bit of a, a look into what this article will be about. The BBB, you know, you can't get a, a verified listing unless you actually pay money. And so, uh, and a lot of, and that's not disclosed uh, properly on their website. So I'm looking into that and hopefully I'll have an article for you on that soon. Um, Bing has announced uh, a bunch of new features, including information on the U.S. election. Uh, they've improved their image search. There's more NFL results. Um, and uh, a bunch of other things as well. So that's good to see that Bing is continually improving. Um, 
Let's see here. Google is apparently still working on fixing. There's a bug that is keeping some news articles from being found. So if you're having trouble getting seen in Google News, it may actually be a bug. I know I've spoken about that before. Um, so hopefully Google gets that sorted out. Chrome 71 is out uh, in December of this year. And it's going to have some really strict ad blocking features. Uh, and so this is something that's quite interesting. So if your uh, site has fake ads, um, phishing ads, just really awful, you know, those ads that say, oh, you want to download our software, click here, and it actually is an ad um, that downloads malware or something like that, then um, if your site gets flagged as having those issues, apparently Chrome 71 will block all of your ads. So this is good. I I actually think, so the quality readers guidelines talk a lot about uh, ad experience and whether your ads are being deceptive to people. If you have ads on your site and you need to disguise them so that they don't look like ads so that people click on them, then that's a sign of low quality. I have a suspicion that this is actually not in the algorithm yet. Um, you know, it's still something that should be fixed, but I am guessing that after Chrome 71 comes out in December, that uh, we'll be seeing that these sites take organic hits as well. So uh, something to watch for sure. We'll talk a little bit about mobile first indexing and um, uh, we've reported for a while now that the cache for these sites are broken uh, and apparently this has been fixed. If you do a search, you can see what Google's cache is for a website by typing in cache, C-A-C-H-E colon and then the site name. So for my site, I would type cache colon mariehaines.com with no spaces. And um, what's supposed to happen is that you see the mobile version of your site on the cache and I, you know, maybe it's just a factor of the fact being that I'm on desktop trying to look at a mobile site. I don't think that that's happening yet though. And uh, so anyways, it's just something to be aware of. I think Google's working on that. It's probably not top priority for them. There's a pretty interesting uh, thing that we've written about in the newsletter from Brent at Sask SKO Consulting. I don't know if that's Saskatchewan, probably. Um, so Brent talked about an interesting case where uh, he was working on a site that was a loan site and the site had a lot of really spammy user-generated content. Now Brent claims that they cleaned up the user-generated spam and within three days, rankings improved dramatically. The question is whether that is possible. So usually when a site is hit by some type, sort of a quality update, uh, it can take months and months for Google to recrawl the site and reassess it and determine that yes, uh, this site is actually a high quality site again. Um, so it may just be coincidence. With that said, it wouldn't surprise me if Google has an algorithm that reassesses your pages every time it looks at them to determine whether there is hacked content on these pages. So. Um, the quality raters guidelines, I, I put a quote from section seven in my newsletter that uh, they actually say that uh, a website that is hacked or defaced or you know spammed in some reason should be considered the lowest quality. So um, you know, here's one little tip. I actually didn't write this in my newsletter, but I've talked about it before, where you can do a quick check to see if your site has some commonly used hack terms by doing a site colon search for your site and then searching for uh, phrases that are commonly used for hacked sites. So what you could do is type um, site colon mariehaines.com and then the words, uh, words separated by the pipe symbol. So you could have 
uh, Viagra, Cialis, um, Payday Loans, uh, UGG, Michael Kors, Adidas. Those are all commonly used words in hacking attempts. Now, sometimes this doesn't work because it's possible. I mean, I've written posts about um, sites being hacked and I have the word Viagra in my post. That doesn't mean that it was hacked. It just means that I actually use that word. But sometimes you can find uh, these, um, you know, a hack by doing that. So it's certainly worth doing that for your site. And if you find a hacked content, it should be top priority to get rid of that and clean it up. Um, I had a little bit in my newsletter about, I see some people are confusing people also ask with people also search. So if you do a search for, say, what is a no-followed link, and uh, you'll see these boxes that say, people also ask, what is a do-follow link, which is kind of a, a misnomer. Uh, how do I create a no-followed link? What are followed and no-followed links? Those are people also ask. But there's a new, kind of new feature, I think it came out a few months ago, um, called People Also Search. So let's say I clicked on one of those results for what is a no-followed link. And then I said, oh, that doesn't really answer my query. And I went back to the Google results. A new box will open up that says People Also Search for uh, No-Followed Link WordPress, Do Follow, uh, you know, Rel Do Follow, things like that. Um, and so that box only comes up once people click back to the search results. So if you're seeing that, um, that's the proper terminology for it. I don't think it really changes how we do SEO at this point, uh, but it's something to, uh, to pay attention to. Um, somebody asked John Mueller whether the age of your domain name is a ranking signal. This comes up all the time. So if I have a website that's one year old, will it rank, you know, uh, better than or, or worse than a site that's 10 years old? Um, I think indirectly, I mean, a business that's been around for 10 years has more EAT. They have more experience, which is the E in EAT. But the actual day that the domain was registered, John Mueller has confirmed that that is not a ranking factor. So um, that's good to know. Those of you who use lazy loading on your site. So lazy loading is something where uh, if you have uh, parts of your pages that are, are very image or resource heavy, you can cause them to load after the rest of your content has loaded. And uh, there can be some confusion about how to do that in a proper way. So Google has actually just produced a guide on how to do that. So if you use lazy loading, that's something uh, worth looking into. Those of you who do SEO for hotel sites, I'm sure you're aware by now that there are some changes that Google has made uh, where they're adding even more information for the users. I've actually used this now where uh, you know you can do a search for uh, go through the Google reviews. So for example, um, when I'm trying to book a hotel, one of the things that's really important to me is that the bed is comfortable. And so uh, you, know, you can search through and, uh, for the word comfortable or you can search for the word noise. And so um, one way that you can take advantage of this is to try to encourage your users to leave reviews that actually have those keywords. So if you were saying, rather than saying, hey, can you leave a review for us? You could say, hey, could you leave a review for us and you know tell people whether or not you thought our beds were comfortable, whether you had a good experience with the noise levels. Um, obviously that's not something you wanna do if you know you have a problem with noise, but uh, it, you can sort of um, encourage people to leave reviews with keywords in it. Uh, then that's something that actually can help in a number of different ways. I loved this tweet from Dan Schur. Uh, he says, getting real comments, questions, and engagements on blog posts now is like gold for most sites. You should reply to them. 
So something that we brought up a, a while back is Gary Ish from Google has said a few times that comments actually are a ranking signal. And so I would really encourage everybody to add comments to your site and to encourage your readers to comment. And one other thing is to make sure that Google can actually see your comments. So one way to do that is to do a search for, uh, so open up one of your pages, take some of the text out of one of the comments and put it in quotes and search for it on Google. And what you wanna see is whether uh, Google is actually seeing this information from your website. Um, and because there's some comment systems that uh, actually hide the comments, um, you know, and so uh, you, you really do want Google to see these comments. Um, and then of course, if you are going to be publishing comments on your site, you absolutely must make sure that they're moderated, that you're not gonna have spam on uh, your comments. Uh, a bunch of people are now seeing this data from Search Console in the search results. Uh, I reported on this a couple of months ago, but it seems like it's pretty widespread now. And what it is, is uh, uh, if I'm logged into my Google Search Console account and then I type in a keyword that I actually rank for, I'm gonna get that information that's in Search Console that tells me how many clicks and impressions and what my average ranking position is for that. Um, I did see a tweet, uh, I think that was from Dan Shear as well, this week saying, Google, it, it would be good if we could actually turn this off because uh, sometimes it's hard, you know, maybe we might want to get screenshots or um, things and, and now we end up with, uh, you know, this data um, that kind of makes our screenshots uh, challenging. But still, it's, it's quite interesting. So I'd encourage you to try that. Log into Google and uh, do a search for one of the keywords that you are ranking for and see if you get that information in the search results. Uh, it was a good tweet by Ross Hudgens about whether or not press releases are worth it. So what do I mean by worth it? Um, in the past, a bunch of us would use press releases as a way to get links because you could put out a press release and then it would get syndicated and you'd get links from all these different places. Now those links, really Google has not been counting those for a long time. I remember a while back there was somebody who did an experiment that, that you know, they felt that they actually improved rankings with press release links, but the experiment was using a word that didn't exist already. And so I think that the benefit, if there's any there, is very, very minor. And so what Ross said was, and now Ross um, owns Siege Media, and Siege is doing some incredible things. And so I really trust what he's saying here. He has really good experience with this. He said, in my experience, releases can on average generate one to two organic pickups. Uh, with a story with broad enough focus. Um, and so is that worth it? He says, it depends on the value of the links in your market against how confident you are in the story. So what I mean by that is if you have something truly awesome that you have published or that your company has done, it might make sense to do a press release. If it's something that journalists would truly be interested in, then go for it. Uh, but in a lot of cases, I mean, journalists are just absolutely saturated with um, things that uh, they people want them to publish. So don't do a press release just because that's the thing you do. Uh, only do it, in my opinion, only do it when you have something truly, truly press worthy um, and then they can be beneficial. I, I'm not saying, you know, the link syndication, I'm not thinking that that actually helps. Um, but what I'm thinking is if, uh, uh, you know, journalists truly do pick up your topic, that can speak to your EAT, mostly the A in EAT, as uh, it can be perceived as more authority um, if people in authoritative places are talking about you.
just a little tip from Glenn Gabe here, who took that from John Mueller. Um, be careful who you give complete ownership in Search Console to. So when you add somebody to Search Console, you um, can choose uh, whether they are gonna be a full owner or whether they're going to have restricted access. And um, if they are uh, a full owner, then they can do things like they can file a disavow for you, they can download your disavow, they can remove your disavow, uh, they can also remove URLs, including your entire site from the search results. So we run into this problem all the time because when we're doing site quality reviews, we really wanna see your disavow file. And uh, if we don't get ownership, then we can't actually see your disavow file. You know, I, I think a great thing for Google would be to like allow people to temporarily grant ownership, you know, for maybe a week or something for those who are doing uh, site audits and stuff like that. But it's good to know. So I, you know, I would say only grant ownership to somebody if you really think that you can trust them. And then remember to remove that ownership later. I can't tell you how many sites we've got um, years and years of access uh, to, uh, which I mean, it's not a problem for us because we're very honest and we're not going to go hurt sites. But, um, but yeah, be careful who you have grant ownership to. Uh, there's an interesting little test uh, that uh, Chris Smith um, tweeted about where what he said was for a site they added, uh, so this is an e-commerce site with product pages. And what they did was they added frequently asked questions to a bunch of these product pages. And this, uh, you know, really, really improved the quality of these pages. And I'm sure it probably helped for users as well. And they saw a significant traffic boost. He's actually uh, given a screenshot on Twitter of uh, Google Analytics traffic, organic traffic coming to these pages. And, uh, and it makes sense. So this is definitely something that we recommend. Recommend. Um, moving on to local SEO, uh, you've probably heard of the fact that Google Assistant will now be able to make phone calls for people. And so now in your Google My Business uh, profile or dashboard, you can choose whether you uh, are willing to accept phone calls from Google Assistant. So if for some reason you don't want to get these phone calls, if you're getting them and they're frustrating, I haven't received one, so you know I don't, I don't know how uh, challenging they're going to be, but you can choose not to receive those if you want. This is a really, really big change, and uh, I don't know if it's live yet, but apparently there are changes coming, coming for service area businesses. So a service area business is a business where, um, let's say like a locksmith, where maybe you are, your office is in one location, but you service people that are within, say, 100 miles of your office or something like that. Um, and so uh, Google is making changes now uh, to how that works. And it sounds like it means that proximity um, doesn't matter as much now, which is pretty exciting. So for example, if you are on the outskirts of a, a major city and you actually service the entire city, you may actually be able to rank in that city now. Whereas in the past, we would tell people like, hey, if you're not actually uh, right in the center of the city, you're gonna have trouble ranking there. Um, there are a bunch of other changes too that involve um, information on verification and um, whether or not uh, you need a postcard to be verified and, and things like that. If you are in local SEO or if you run a local business that relies on Google My Business, then this is something you really want to look into. We've covered it a little bit in the newsletter, uh, but there's a really good thread on the local search forum, uh, which I've linked to in the newsletter as well. 
And uh, I would highly encourage you to, uh, to read more about that. Another little thing about these service areas feature is that if you do not set up a service area for a small business, you might not be able to use Google Posts. So if you're having trouble using Google Posts, that might be something to uh, investigate as well. Speaking of Google Posts, Dana DiTomaso pointed out that uh, Google is getting more lax in terms of image size now. Uh, they used to make it so that you could only have images of certain ratios, and now uh, you can crop something even super narrow if you want, so uh, that's kind of cool. Um, I don't know a whole lot about this, but there's a new thing that's happening now where some small businesses or just businesses have a follow button. And uh, so apparently, you know, if you have a favorite restaurant or shop, uh, you can follow this business. Um, I, you know, I, I think I need to get more information on this because I don't know what that's run through. It's not run through Google Plus anymore. So um, I'm going to keep on the, the lookout for that and see if I can get you more information on that. Um, another thing, if you have a business that is about to open, then you can actually create a Google My Business listing and you can say uh, it's opening soon uh, as long as it's within 90 days. So that's a, a good thing to know as well. And one final tip is, uh, uh, and this comes from Mark's Media, is that if um, you wanna focus on local searches, then uh, focusing on near me keywords is the best way to capitalize on voice search. Uh, and so what I mean by that is, um, you know, if you're a restaurant, what are people searching for? Are they searching for sushi near me or restaurant that has a great view, um, you know, near me? Uh, so you wanna uh, kind of look at your, um, you can look at your search console keyword data and, uh, and see what are you ranking for? What are you getting clicks for? What are you getting impressions for? And then actually make sure that you optimize for those terms and that can help you get more voice searches. And this is super important as more um, voice uh, queries tend to, uh, to be happening every day. So that's all we've got for this episode. Uh, I am soon about to get on a very, very long flight. Uh, I've got a bunch of flights from the island into Sao Paulo and then very long flight from to Sao Paulo to Washington and then Washington to Ottawa. Uh, so I'm gonna be unavailable for the next little while and probably sleeping for most of tomorrow as well. Um, so hopefully you've uh, gotten some value out of this episode. If you want to reach us, you can reach us at mariehaines.com slash contact. And my team and I would love to um, uh, answer your questions. And of course, uh, I'm very active on Twitter. Uh, so you can find me at at Marie underscore Haynes. And uh, I do my best to answer everybody who asks me a question on Twitter. So feel free to do that as well. Uh, so I wish you the best of luck with your rankings. And uh, hopefully I'll be able to report back soon for you.